there, and welcome to the first episode of our new fintech podcast series for our Baker McKenzie FinSight, the global financial institutions industry podcast. In this special series, we will be discussing a range of topical issues relating to the fintech sector. I'm Sue McLean. I'm a partner in Baker McKenzie's technology group in London and our global tech lead for fintech. In this episode, we're going to be taking a look at current fintech trends, investment and M&A. I'm delighted to be joined today by two of my corporate colleagues, David Hart and Lawrence Lee. David is a partner in London and advises corporate and financial sponsor clients on cross-border mergers and acquisitions, joint ventures and investments, and has a particular focus on the TMT and fintech sectors. Lawrence joins us from the West Coast. He's a partner in Palo Alto and also focuses on the TMT sector, regularly representing clients in the fintech industry. And prior to joining Baker McKenzie, Lawrence served as in-house counsel for Coinbase, where he led their corporate and strategic transactions and investments. So David and Lawrence, welcome and many thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Sue. Excited to be here. Despite some initial concerns about the potential impact COVID-19 may have on the fintech sector, and I think particularly around investment, M&A and expansion, it's been encouraging to see that things have been pretty healthy. So what would you say are the the key fintech trends you're seeing in the UK and Europe, David, at the moment? And and how have they been impacted or perhaps even accelerated by the pandemic in the last year? Sure. So I think if you think of where we were when sort of the virus really struck and people weren't quite sure what was going to go down, I think to put things in context, looking back from where we are now, if you just look at tech M&A generally across the sort of last year 2020 um it was its highest year um both in terms of volume and value and so real clear evidence there just generally in the tech sector of sort of accelerated digitalization driven in part by the pandemic or certainly accelerated by the pandemic has really taken off and then if you drill down into the fintech sector again on the m&a side the numbers for, for sort of 2020 as a calendar year show a sort of a 25% year-on-year increase in, in M&A activity. And so that's driven by um, both large uh, M&A deals, but also just uh, there's activity driven by probably two things that I think will continue into 2021 and beyond, which is one is um, – the fundraising conditions and the appetite for investing in fintech is still very, very high and strong. And I know we're going to come and talk about that later. Uh, and that then means you've got players set up with cash that they're looking to use either to consolidate market share by picking up rivals or indeed um, to pick up new offerings to sort of diversify what they offer to their consumers and try and drive more revenue through their apps through creating new services that people can capitalize on. So they, those those are two things that are sort of carried on through 2020 and, and definitely looking to carry on strongly into 2021. Um, the other thing from a sort of a UK specific point of view is is really there was what, what was the impact of Brexit going to be? And obviously, it's, it's theoretically settled. I'm sure we'll continue having political arguments with our friends across uh, the channel for some time to come. But just again, looking back at sort of either sort of the data from Tech Nation and, and Innovate Finance just show that um, the UK fintech um, sector has held up really strongly. It's startups have probably raised the third most um, uh, cash in, of any country in the world, so third behind the US and China. And the overall UK sector 
for startups and scale-ups is valued around 585 billion, which the next closest in European ecosystem is Germany at 291. So from a UK perspective, it's positive to see that, that, that that's held up, Brexit notwithstanding. And again, heading into 2021, there's been over a billion dollars of venture investment in the UK fintech sector already announced. So those trends are good. In terms of maybe picking on one subsector that had a great um, 2020 moving into 2021, that the, is the, the buy now, pay later trend. Maybe that's where I'll throw over to Lawrence, who I know has been uh, interested in that activity. Yes, Lauren. So how do things look across in the US and, and, and are the trends and the themes that David's been talking about, do they resonate with you in terms of what you're seeing over in the US at the moment? Yes, absolutely. We're definitely seeing the same trends over here in the U.S. uh, in the fintech space. I think similar to what David was mentioning around the COVID-19 pandemic, I think what we saw as a result of the pandemic was really all companies needing to uh, level up their digital offerings. Uh, The pandemic really acted as an accelerant in some ways uh, to the fintech space as the traditional financial services institutions, as well as other tech companies and retailers uh, realized that they really needed to uh, have a better digital offering uh, as transactions and financial decisions moved more and more uh, to uh, the online space. I think also, what we're seeing in the U.S. is really three key drivers to activity, um, both on the investment side and on the M&A side. I think the first key driver is, uh, like David mentioned, the large fintech players becoming much larger than they had been in years past, uh, some of them on the verge of going public, some of them having gone public, um, and and using their strength and their leverage from where they are now uh, to expand globally uh, to acquire up and down the value chain and supply chain, and also to make investments and and to drive and uh, drive new products and new offerings to their merchant customers. So that's really one of the key areas of growth that's driving growth in the United States. Another key area I would say are the the Facebook, Apple, Googles of the world, uh, the quote traditional tech companies, uh, the large players also accelerating their digital offerings in the financial space. And then the last bucket that I would say is really that's really driving growth is the traditional financial services institutions who are all entering fintech in one way or another. So these three categories are really driving what I think the growth in the fintech space and will continue to drive that growth. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I think it, it's really interesting looking at sort of the maturing nature of the fintech sector. And we know that, you know, some fintechs came traditionally from the, the, the financial services side, you know, people left traditional institutions to create these institutions to create these new companies or, you know, people on the tech side um, expanded into payments and fintech. But, you know, we now have some of these very large fintech players, you know, they're no longer, arguably, they're no longer merely disruptors, right? They are now significant companies in their own right. And as they continue to mature and expand their offerings, um, you know, is there an argument that these fintech companies ultimately are, are becoming you know, much more like the incumbents that they were set to disrupt. On the other hand, you've got the incumbents moving closer to the fintechs and in in some situations, you know, creating their own virtual bank or digital bank alongside in parallel with their existing business. So, you know, 
what do you think, David? Are they, are, are they going to meet in the middle? Are we going to end up with um, an ecosystem where actually um, the fintechs and the banks end up a lot closer than we might think, but they're kind of both coming at from different ends, <laughs> you know, from a different starting point? Yeah, I, I think that's it, it, there's a sense of inevitability around that in, in, in as you say, that the, the sort of both here Europe and in the US, I think you, you have you have a stable of, of, of very established sort of whether they're unicorn fintechs, they're certainly big, big, big brand names in the space that have raised serious amounts of cash and that are known and, and have consumer focus and attention. A lot of the the trends we've seen is 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 the original fintech start in one particular space, whether it's um, uh, you know no no fee currency exchange, whatever it may be, and then as they've grown and raised customer bases, to now really convert that into um, uh, profitable merchant opportunities. As Lawrence was saying, they're all looking to effectively expand their offerings and, and try and offer more and. Of, of, of what you'd expect um, uh, consumers would want from a traditional banking partner, albeit that the um, the interface between uh, consumer and service provider is 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 almost exclusively digital now and almost exclusively through 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 a phone or a tablet. But you, you, so, and I think from when you work with traditional financial institutions, they've definitely. That they're coming at this from their position, and they they've certainly they look to enhance their offerings. A lot of them have certainly enhanced effectively their corporate venture arms, as they, as Lawrence was saying, just as the way that the, the traditional large tech players are. The traditional financial institutions are very much looking to partner with fintechs to to enhance their offerings and take advantage of of skill sets that that maybe the fintechs have that they can partner and develop in that way. So. Uh, I think the short answer to your question would have just been yes, but uh, um, <laughs> I think I think it's a trend that we'll see. Yeah, there's a lot going on, and and Lawrence, the other the other aspect I think of this is obviously I think it's fair to say that historically and perhaps even you know currently a lot of the focus has been on the retail space because those are, you know. They, they get the headlines and there's a lot of focus and there's been a lot of investment and acquisition activity in that space. But but arguably, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole set of other players in the ecosystem, which are much more about the financial services plumbing, you know, the rise of banking as a service, the, the rise of providers diversifying their offerings to the sector. Is, is, is that an area where you think, you know, that that's kind of ripe for continued investment and and M&A opportunities going forward because it, it kind of supports, particularly supports the incumbent banks trying to be able to offer a wider variety of services. But it also that part of the ecosystem also supports, you know, the fintechs who want to be able to offer financial services to their customers. You know, these these sort of uh, infrastructure players are kind of in the middle and can and can provide services to, to, to sort of various elements of the of the of the industry. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know it's interesting uh, because the the what you've called the infrastructure players are do include companies like Stripe, right? When when we think about the infrastructure for conducting financial transactions online, uh, Stripe is probably one of the first names that comes to mind. Um, but kind of circling back a little bit, I think I agree with David that there's going to be continuing consolidation um, in. The fintech space. I think, like we all have mentioned, uh, 
incumbent financial institutions focusing on fintech and capability capability building um, in technologies like artificial intelligence and blockchain. Um, I also think what's exciting is the potential collaboration between large fintech players and not only incumbent financial institutions, but other uh, large technology companies. Um, I think as these large payments or lending companies look for new ways to compete and expand their offerings, um, you'll start to see more and more of these interesting types of partnerships with other companies, as well as new types of products that are getting offered. And I think where this is all going, um, uh, to address a question, Sue, that you raised at the top around whether or not we're going to see a convergence between traditional finance and fintech, I'd also add um, – uh, traditional tech companies into that area of convergence, where you'll probably see, and I, I know a lot of people are calling it embedded finance or a one-stop finance shop, basically being able to go to one platform. For example, um, let's say you open your Google Maps and you're looking for a, a parking garage and to be able to um, use your online uh, whatever cash account to pay for that parking garage directly through that app. I think that's the the, the, the concept of embedded finance and this one-stop shop that it's you know it seems like the market is driving towards in the future is, is pretty exciting. No, no, absolutely, and, and and I always you know very interested to see kind of embedded finance or you know we've seen connected payments. You know, can you pay from your car and um. The, the continued convergence of, of sort of technology and f financial services is just really, really interesting to me. And, and obviously, in, in my role as a tech, tech lawyer, a lot of it is around those partnerships. And, and, and I'm just seeing those increasing all the time where, where parties realize that they can, you know, they can drive new revenues and new offerings if they work together, um, which is a slightly different scenario, particularly for maybe some of the incumbents historically, um, where they're, they're turning into service providers, which is in some areas of the business a, a new a new area for them. So if we if we kind of go s circle round, I guess back to some of the, the issues we're talking about at the, at the beginning of the podcast, I thought it would be great to to, to touch on um, in a bit more detail the, the sort of healthiness of the market. As as David's pointed out, you know the the pandemic doesn't really seem to have had um, a major impact on investment in the sector, and and you could argue there's never been a you know a better time. We've seen some very significant fundraisers um, recently. So it'd just be interested to hear, you know, what's your take? It, it, you know, is there inevitably going to be some kind of slowdown? Because there's been, you know, quite a lot of consolidation already. How much more consolidation can there be in certain markets? Um, and also, you know, are we going to continue to see these really big investment raises, do you think? Um, you know, how much higher could it go? What do you think, David? It is very much set to continue. I think the, the the figures sort of we were looking at for the UK at the top of the podcast, you know, that the the sort of we're, we're hitting coming into the end of Q1 of of this year, and and there's there's every sign that that this is going to be a bumper a bumper um, quarter for for investment in the fintech industry globally generally, and that that's reflective of, of obviously why the trends. I think you know that in the financial markets generally, on the capital markets, the SPAC. You know the the, the ever increasing spat craze is just is still going and with no signs of abating. I think 
already at the end of this year, this quarter, SPACs raised in 2021 will have raised as much as I think SPACs raised in, in 2020, which you know, there, there is so much cash pouring into that route to the public markets. And those are, that that's inevitably going to feed into fintech. And you also, we have other established fintech players looking to come to the public markets. That traditionally, that wouldn't be the backstop to, to then, you know, within a matter of months going, launching your IPO. But I think the the market conditions are such that there's there's money chasing these opportunities and and the there's appetite in the market and I think so both at sort of the, the, the top end spacs and IPOs and as, as well as just at sort of just general fundraising as, as we go down down the chain sort of the the appetite for we're we're, we're seeing sort of series A B C type raises for for companies that um. Is, is very much there as, as again, it's, it's viewed as a sector that's got um, potential and legs as the tech sector has overall, you know, tied in with digitization, embedded payments, all, all of those trends just point to this is where people see um, growth and opportunity. And so uh, no, no real sense of that slowing down. And then that, that then impacts into, um, into M&A in that space. I think the growth will continue, um, and I also think with the recently announced $600 million fundraised by Stripe, Coinbase's recently announced IPO, a firm's recent IPO, um, I think it just goes to more powder, right? Uh, and these companies will have additional capital to put into both making acquisitions, but I also think investing. Uh, corporate venture capital is important for many of these companies. Uh, investing to identify new technologies, investing to support the ecosystem. Um, I think those are all going to continue um, in in the foreseeable future. I'd agree with that. I think particularly when we're acting company side, I think we you see um, – whether it's supporting the ecosystem, wanting wanting to have the in and, and the potential to, to sort of work with these companies if they develop on on a certain trajectory, there's there's definitely an appetite um, both from existing fintechs, financial players, and, and other tech companies looking to get on the cap tables of um, promising startups and scale ups. I think that, that that's definitely something we're seeing on on all the transactions yeah. across. Yeah, and to kind of add to that, and I know we haven't really talked much about uh, the crypto economy or cryptocurrency space on this podcast, but I, I will note that um, you know with Coinbase's IPO, I think it's just going to continue to drive adoption um, and uh, drive further interest in blockchain technology, the cryptocurrency economy. So while while we've been talking about um, uh, now I'll call them the traditional fintech players. I think there's a lot more to be seen in the crypto space, um, as you know, many of the uh, technologies and companies in that space are still quite young. But I think with the Coinbase IPO, it's going to really fuel growth there in that sector. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I, I think you know, any, um, you know, some of the perhaps some of the purists, uh, crypto uh, folks out there, you know, w- would certainly. Um, maybe not be so happy about the more mature adoption of of crypto and interest in adoption in, in crypto across the the more traditional financial services sector, but certainly it has ramped up the this both the scrutiny and the interest I think in this space because you know you have major institutions talking about custody of crypto and and, and people looking at stable coins and, and other 
um, areas of the markets. It's going to be a really interesting one to watch and, and definitely one for a future uh, fin- fintech podcast. <laughs> yeah, the crypto true believers are, are not huge fans of the central bank digital coin offerings, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's that. They will say to me, "See, that's not what we were all about when we 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 were supportive of of Bitcoin in the early days, right?" But I just wanted to say, um, I think that was a really interesting discussion. It was really terrific to hear your insights on on what's happening and in, in what is a very uh, exciting time um, at the moment for the fintech sector. It's it's great to be part of everything that's going on. Uh, and uh, I also wanted to, to thank our listeners for joining this episode of our new uh, FinTech podcast series. But once again, um, this is Sue McLean. Um, I've been speaking with David and Lawrence, and I hope you can join us on our next episode of FinSight. Goodbye. <laughs>